Hi there. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast with me, Russell Davis. I help many people create more of what they want in their lives, whether it's more work-life balance, the new career, or the family they crave. And whether it's a CEO, Olympia, and a wannabe mum, one of the most common attributes across my clients is imposter syndrome in one form or another. A lack of self-confidence and self-worth. In this episode, help you explore whether you may have imposter syndrome and how you can let it go. Let's dive in. Let's talk about imposter syndrome. Most of my clients experience imposter syndrome in one form or another, whether they're struggling to to get pregnant or create the career they want or just let go of worry and anxiety. Whatever kind of the client comes to see me for, we dig deep below those behaviours, those experiences, those emotions. There tends to be limiting beliefs in one form or another. And one of the common ones is imposter syndrome. They fear of not being good enough. Whereas they feel it as a feeling of not belonging. Where they feel it as a fear of failure. It makes us play small. It keeps us from really expressing ourselves in this world, in the small things and the big things, whether it's speaking up in a meeting or creating the career or the the business or the life we want. And I can really relate to this and it may sound obvious as I share some of these stories, but it's only kind of fairly recently I've kind of joined the dots and realised how, yeah, I suffered from imposter syndrome over over the years and it's I guess it wasn't obvious to me in a way that I could see, well, there's quite a lot of success in my life, whether it's academic or career, but actually it's been fighting a a tide of not being good enough. When I went to my kind of primary school in in the UK, and the primary school was up to kind of age 10, 11, I wanted to go to, from then we go to kind of, um, we call secondary school over here, maybe high school in America, from 11 onwards. And I was quite academic. And my parents wanted me to go to a selective school. That back then, nowadays, it is an exam. You have to pass it to get into it. But back then, you need a recommendation from your primary school teacher. And my primary school teacher was only recommending a set number, four or five Kids, and I wasn't one of the five, so I didn't get a place. And my parents appealed, there's this appeal process, if you feel that your child should have a place, hasn't been offered a place, you get interviewed and basically present your case, and uh, I got in after an appeal. But part of me felt I didn't deserve to be there, I wasn't good enough to be there. Everyone else got there on merit, I had to, to be persuaded, you know, just got to be persuaded to take me on. Not necessarily the case, but it's how I felt. So I felt like the uh, thickest kid uh, in the school. But 
turns out I wasn't. I did very well and it wasn't the case at all. But my belief was I had to work harder to to be as successful than everyone else. And when it came to going to university, I, I chose the university I wanted to go, but I missed my grades by one grade. Um, and the school appealed. Uh, I was ill in one of my exams and they presented this case. And the university took me on. They extended a number of um, students on, on that course from 70 to 75. And I was one of the extra five. And again, I felt maybe I didn't truly deserve to be there like everyone else. That I was second class in some way and had to work harder to keep up. And in essay essay wasn't the case. But I did work really hard, but a lot out of fear. Uh, mainly out of fear. And I did very well. And I had a very successful career, a corporate career, and a very young senior leader in that in that organisation. So on the outside, I presented, you know, look at, look at my life, there's, you could argue, a lot of success. But I was fighting this fear of not being good enough. I failed to work harder. It was subtle, but it was there, looking back. And maybe I thought I needed that to succeed. And it really struck home once when I signed up for a, a coaching program with a very successful coach, charged a lot of money. And it's very easy to see him put him on a pedestal. And the interview for the program, we were talking and I was just saying to him that before the conversation, I realised I put him on a pedestal and I realised he's no different to me. And he said, I'm glad you said that. Because if you put me on a pedestal, you wouldn't be on this program. I wouldn't. I wouldn't accept you on the program. We are. We are peers. We are equals. So looking back, I can see how, yeah, there was a lot of imposter syndrome in my life. Fear of not being good enough. Fear of not belonging. Having to work harder to prove myself to be worthy, as everyone else around me. And that restricts us. It keeps us playing small, and it makes life for like harder work than necessary. And it, we hold tension in our mind and our body as a result of it. it lack, we lack flow and freedom. And I can look back and realise, okay, I created success in my life, but I think I would have created that success with far greater ease and well-being without that kind of imposter syndrome and probably created even further success. I limited myself in all sorts of ways. I think unconsciously with this imposter syndrome, unconsciously we have an image, an idea, a thought of who we are compared to everyone else. And we have an idea in our mind, unconsciously, of who we think we should be to be acceptable. And it's this gap of who we think we are and who we think we should be. And we're trying to work at being this person we think we should be as if it's a, a place we should get to. And we're striving to, to be a better version of ourselves and a more acceptable or worthy version of ourselves. A version of ourselves where we won't be judged by others, maybe. It reminds me I was working with a client who had an eating disorder and she had a lot of thinking around her food. One bunch of thinking was, I need to limit and restricts my calories. But she also knew that wasn't helping her and serving her, it was making her very sick. So she knew 
to be healthy she needs to increase her calories but there's this internal battle like a devil and an angel this internal battle of one set of thinking versus another set of thinking and I just want to help us see that neither thinking's right the thinking that says you need to increase your calories that's the person you think you should be well the th- person you think you are is completely made up she thought she was ugly I said, well, who you think you are is completely made up. Who you think you should be? The person that eats more calories, that's completely made up as well. A different bunch of thinking. When you don't have any, when you don't have any thinking about your food or yourself, you are naturally healthy. When you're not thinking about your food, you eat when you're hungry, you stop when you're full. You don't need to have the right set of thinking. It really helped to see that she had this internal battle between one version of herself, the person who, th- who she thinks she is, versus who, th- th- think she, who she thinks she should be. And they're all made up. And we let go of all those stories. And we're in a state of being. We have innate self-confidence. It's a place of love for ourselves and love for others. We see we're as worthy as everyone else. It's like a toddler doesn't question their worthiness. A toddler doesn't think they're less worthy than any other toddler. They have this innate well-being. I'm okay, you're okay. Aren't we all okay? Or is it not 100% of the time? But most of the time they're in this state of flow of just being. Not questioning their worthiness. That's how we come into the world. That's our innate state. When we pick up this contaminated thinking from our interpretation of things around us, or we get bombarded by other people's thoughts and beliefs and fears and insecurities, and sometimes we internalize those, we take them on for ourselves. So, what if you could let go of all those stories of who you think you are and who you think you should be? What if you don't need any? pushing yourself, striving, any fear to be your best. No one performs their best under any amount of pressure. When we let go of all those stories, who we think we are, who we think we should be, we're free just to be ourselves, to express ourselves. I have clients who just delight in the the freedom they find in just being to speak themselves, speak speak their truth, whether it's to, to friends, to colleagues, in meetings, not having to second guess, not having to hold back and just be themselves. And they find that the world doesn't end, they don't get struck off, they don't get kicked out of the job, you know, that it's actually people value what they say and they feel they're making a bigger impact in the world. We're here, we're creative beings. We're designed to to create, to make an impact. And we let go of all the stories in that state of being. We're able to ask what we want more freely. Now it's okay to ask. Our hopes, dreams and desires are just as important as everyone else's. Now it's natural to have self-doubts. It's human nature. This is about not ever having, ever having self-doubts. This is not about flicking a switch and 
never having fear or self-doubt. It's about seeing those for what they are. Those stories. Those thoughts of who you think you should be. Who you think you should are. Who you think you are. It's not about not having self-doubt. It's about whether we listen to them or not. It's about our relationship with them. What if you can just allow them? Notice them what they are. Just because they're there doesn't mean they're true. The more you see them for what they are, you can notice it. But not let it contaminate your choices, your behaviours, who you're being in that moment. It's not about being fearless. We have fearful thoughts, insecure thoughts. It's about seeing them for what they are. In that famous book, you know, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. That's actually true. But what enables you to do that is noticing those insecure thoughts are just thoughts, stories. They're not truth. Allow them. Accept them for what they are. And you may be surprised how it takes the power out of them. You come back to the truth of who you are. Your state of being. That's an amazing soul. We're all amazing souls with amazing things to bring into this world. And you start to live more what I call living inside out. Trusting your heart and your soul. In any given moment. For me, that's true freedom. True freedom. And true happiness comes from being free to be yourself, to express yourself. Enjoy that. Enjoy exploring the idea of who you think you are and who you think you should be. Just being stories, all made up. None of it's true. And you innately come back to your innate resources of confidence, worthiness, love, peace, patience, kindness for yourself and others. Loving you.